This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. All right. It is Friday. And as you know, we do a Friday financial news wrap up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, man. I uh, I really like this conversation at 10 a.m. on Fridays because it allows me to wrap up, wrap up my week and really, really sets me off going forward. So thank you. I love it. I love doing it as well. And it just keeps me informed and everybody who watches loves it. I keep getting great feedback and compliments and people are really excited. I want to share with everybody. We're talking about market predictions. Mm -hmm. There's two different ways we promoted this market predictions for 2022, Mm -hmm. which Michael and I have been in conversations all year about, Mm -hmm. but also really understanding too, what are some of the biggest threats in 2022? And so we're doing a free virtual meetup It's going to be Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time on November the 17th. That's next Wednesday, November the 17th on Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific. It's free. It's a virtual meetup. It's going to be on a Zoom. You'll be able to interact with Michael, myself, as well as we're going to have a bunch of other experts on as well. All you have to do is text 2022 to the telephone number 949-401-7598. Again, just text 2022, like the year 2022, to 949-401-7598, and you'll get a free virtual invite. It'll be a Zoom link. We're really excited about having you on. I know everybody, we've had a lot of interest in this, Michael. So excited. Thank you for doing it, by the way. Oh, dude, I love to go back, uh, give back your community, what you, Adrian, and the the folks are doing is awesome so far. If I can just be a little part of it, I'm, I'm happy to give back. Well, you're a big part of it. And it's interesting. I feel like you've really nailed it. I feel like being involved with you, you've really nailed it all year. These are things we've been talking about and they're starting, we're starting to see really a big head of steam and this thing coming to fruition. Let's talk about inflation and CPI and PPI. What's going on there this week? Yeah. So once a month, the the government brings out PPI, which is producer price index and CPI is consumer price index. These are essentially inflation indicators that you and I feel right? The, the Fed talks about PCE, yet a third metric, personal consumption expenditures. Gobbledygook. Here's the deal. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday PPI came out, which is producer price index. Think beginning of the manufacturing cycle. I believe that was up over 8% this year for another record. CPI came out on Wednesday, and it is the highest, the largest, the most shocking increase since December of 1990 came out at 6.2%. Most importantly is it is accelerating, not shrinking, right? Inflation is one of these things that once it gets going, it kind of builds momentum on itself. And then lastly, it is food. It is gas. It is rent equivalent. It is what hits your pocketbook. And, um, you know, unfortunately, again, I've nailed this all year. Wages are going up wage cycle, uh, and, it, and it will continue. Uh, unfortunately, wages are up about 5%. And Ty, when inflation is up 6%, I just have to ask, are you really ahead? And the answer is no, you're not, you're losing. And um, 
this is bringing back painful memories as a child in the 70s where my parents couldn't pay the bills. And it was because everything was more expensive. And um, it's going to come. And it, it is, unfortunately, my prediction going to get worse before it gets better. So at the end of the day, some people can use inflation to get rich because you still have this gift. The Federal Reserve tie is giving you a gift of 30-year money with a three on it. It is unbelievable. The window's closing, right? Tapering has begun. Rates will be going up. But you still have time. You still have months to do the work, to find a great deal. It's out there. It's possible. Um, I don't know if you saw the daily financial news this morning, but we're sending out 15, 15 cards just in the last 24 hours of people doing the work. So again, this was your idea. We talked about it on um, May 31st, I think, and it started June 1. So yeah, this is, this is working. We're going to have a blowout week. We might have 30 deals done this week. It might happen, knock on wood which will be a blowout number. So it feels great to be a part of this. But yeah, dude, inflation's happening. You can use it. Inflation is a tax. Inflation hits everyone. Inflation will run over the poor, will run over the middle class. Dude, the rich don't care. The fact that DC is talking about taxing the rich is just a story. All of us are getting crushed, myself included. Inflation is just, it's, it's hitting the pocketbook in, in the most painful places, food, shelter, gas. Absolutely. Now, it's interesting, too, that even something news about inflation in China, what, what's going uh, on there? Yeah, one of the things we just have to realize, at least in the United States currently, China is the manufacturer of lots of goods. Think about what shows up at Walmart and Target and these things. Um, so what you can what why this is important, because when China exports inflation, it ends up on our shores. And China has had this, the highest, what they, what they call producer price inflation ever at 13, no, 14, no, 13.4%. Sorry, I got my numbers mixed up. 13.4%. So that is inflation that has left China that hasn't yet hit our shores. Now, some of that will be made up when, when, when providers kind of eat margin, but not all of it. That is future inflation that's coming our direction. So this is a worldwide phenomenon. The cycle has started, the disruption, the wage inflation. Uh, it is going to get worse before it gets better. Very interesting. Interesting times. And again, you've been talking about this all year. Um, we talked about Evergrande. It feels like the last probably five, six weeks ago, starting the conversation about Evergrande. Um, what's going on in China with the real estate developers? And what's the new news this week there? Yeah, essentially Evergrande is dying. It just is. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about here is lots of Chinese property developers. In fact, I would dare argue most of them are going to be in serious trouble unless the government intervenes. Here's the deal. And, and I'm not picking on China. This is just as true as the United States in 06. Developers, people who build properties, apartments, it is a debt-based business. They set up this whole supply chain of debt and suppliers and inventory and carrying costs and human resources, all of it. But at the very top of their cash flow statement, which is a statement that not enough people understand or ever talk about, it starts with sales. And right now in China, my prediction is sales of new apartments has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Evergrande reported, I think three weeks ago, that that purchases were down 97% in their units. Now, I believe this is spreading throughout China. We don't have numbers yet, but they will come. And if you have no income at the top, 
no cash, that eventually falls through the system and the company dies. Think mm -hmm. about your system, your body, blood flow. For a property developer, that is cash. And, the, and it starts with selling apartments. And if you're not selling any cash, the blood can't flow, it's leaky, whatever it is, and you just die. Evergrande just recently has gotten so desperate, they're selling their used jets. Wow. Right? That they're starving for cash. They're taking anything they can to raise cash. And as far as I'm concerned, unless the government comes in and bails them out, they're dead. They just, the, the only question is what day? That's unfortunate. Very interesting. Let me let me add a follow up question. What what do you think? How does that affect our U.S. economy and or maybe even rates, borrowing? What, yeah. what are your thoughts there? How does it affect us? So there's a couple of ripples. So first and foremost, property developers in China will not be able to borrow in dollars. They're they're, they're treating it badly. They're not paying it back. If they are going to borrow, they're going to pay double digits. It's not practical. Uh, so the second thing is. Uh, the rich in China are under attack. You are going to see uh, people do everything they can. It's hard and it's probably illegal, uh, but people are going to move capital out of China. Uh, a friend of mine who I talk to every Thursday talks about his experience in Japan in the late 80s, right? The last decade. And there were actually Japanese citizens that were packing up suitcases, getting on international flights, coming to the US, opening up bank accounts with cash, like yen, like bags of money, like TV bags of money. And that could very easily happen uh, in China. So I think, I think capital flight is a real problem in China. And then lastly, we have just opened our borders, and, meaning that international travelers can come back. And I think, I think you're going to see a lot of real estate sold to foreign buyers because for 20 months, they couldn't come. And we've had some pretty interesting things happen in the last 20 months. And I think a lot of people are going to come to the U.S., uh, and again, it's not going to be for cash flow. They're going to just do it for wealth preservation. So they don't really care. They will frankly overpay to park cash. So it's going to be a very interesting cycle. Like Manhattan real estate had a record. Um, I think it was, I, I did talk about this morning. I think eight transactions over 50 million in the last wow. 90 days. It's, wow. And they had like 1,683 transactions over 4 million. It is you think that you think the U.S. real estate market's wonky now? What's about to come is wonkiness, but at the high end, right? Because they're not buying fixer-uppers in you know the the Central Valley or the high desert. They're buying trophy assets in Laguna, in Orange County, and Beverly Hills, and Manhattan, in Miami. Whew! It's about to get interesting. Yeah, that's such an interesting thought, thought too, because the foreign buyer has definitely over the last 10 years has been a big piece of the real estate economy in California, mm -hmm. a For lot sure. of the yeah. yeah, San Francisco, all the way down throughout Silicon Valley. And then just really thinking, okay, 20 months, I don't think a lot of people realize they have not really been a part of the game. And now the game's back open. So yeah. And I have numbers on this. Uh, again, I got these numbers on the daily financial news today. Roughly speaking, uh, foreign buyers have still been active. And again, a foreign buyer could be from Canada, right? A foreign buyer is any sure. non-US citizen. Uh, their transactions were down half. They were cut in half for the last 20 months. That Not all of that will come back, but a lot of it will come back and it will come back quick. Interesting. 
Very interesting. Very interesting, especially, um, you know, knowing, thinking that, okay, I, again, I think for everybody out there watching, I can't wait for next week for us to talk about market predictions for 2022. Yes, and I is. think too, that just that little, just these little bits of information, but thinking also what inventory, talking about that, we're going to cover all of this next week. So be sure to get your invite, be sure to register for it. We're going to show you that again at the end of this, at the end of this uh, episode. So let's talk about project catch-up. That's an interesting <laughs> thing. I like, what is, what is project catch-up? Oh my God, project catch-up. Uh, this is just another example that big, big companies do stupid things all the time. So Project Ketchup was an internal code name uh, at Zillow. Essentially, what happened is, a, you know, a very handful of executives came around a table and said, we want to take on Opendoor and we want to we want to beat them. We want we want the most market share. Hence the name Ketchup, right? They want to catch up to Opendoor. Hence Ketchup was the project name. Unfortunately, uh, as executives are prone to do, they chose the wrong metric. And what they did is they chose a metric that basically said overpay. And with flipping, you flipped a fair amount of properties, as have I. Uh, if you break rule number one, you're going to go broke. And Zillow has now come out and realized that Project Ketchup perhaps is the worst idea ever. And they lost, they have lost or recognized a loss of $550 billion already, and it might get worse. Dude, that is, that is or $550 million, that is half a billion dollars. Money doesn't make you smart. Cash doesn't make you smart. If you break the rules of flipping by overpaying, you go broke. And then it gets worse, Ty. Who are the one, if you own a junk property and you want to flip it, who's the one person you don't want to piss off? the contractor. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Zillow. They now realize they overpaid. So they grind the contractors. Do me a little better. Do me some extra. Let me do this. Get the cheapest versus the best. And guess what happens when you do that? <laughs> you get shoddy quality. You get half completed project. You get the, oh, they project catch up is going to go. Frankly, the CEO of Zillow needs to be fired. This is just lunacy. What is going on? And um, yeah, it's um, it's just stupid, just dumb, just dumb. Sorry, I I just I can't believe what I read sometimes. Yeah, it is pretty wild. It's it's definitely a wild time for sure. So let's let's talk about something we've talked about. We haven't talked about it lately, mm -hmm. but we've been talking about it all year. The housing slowdown. What are you seeing there? Yeah, the housing slowdown is kind of dominoes are falling as we expected, right? More inventory comes, that inventory may be mispriced, that mispriced leads to high days on market, the higher days on market leads to price drops, and the cycle moves on. Uh, real estate's not going to crash. Um, it's just going to slow down. We'll go from 100 miles to 40, from 40 to 20, 20 to 10. Uh, most markets will still go up. But I mean, Austin, dude, Austin, Texas, Round Rock, Texas. Yeah. 32.5% appreciation year on year. That is awesome and not repeatable. <laughs> Can you imagine the taxes? Uh, again, property taxes in Texas get reset every year. Uh, if you own rentals in uh, Austin, Texas, you might want to think about selling because you are about to get a yearly adjustment that is going to suck. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, there's been some crazy numbers reported. Austin being the highest uh, this month, 32.5% year on year. 
but yeah, the housing slowdown, we can't do year on year on year. It, housing doesn't grow, go to the moon. Um, it, uh, it has to reset. And that goes for rent too. Uh, I have seen crazy rent, 19%, 21%, all of this. Rent can't keep going up. In inflation, see step one of this, this video. Inflation is forcing people to make hard choices. And here's the deal. Having been broke, having had parents who had to make the choice between the mortgage and others, rent's not priority one. You think rent's priority one? It's not. If you're in California, they can, they can miss months before evictions. And they can live with parents or live with other family or roommates. Um, they will pay the, the electricity. If it's the winter, they need electricity for heating. They will pay the phone. They will pay the car. Rent is not priority one. If landlords, you need to understand that. Uh, so rents are going to slow down. Values are going to slow down. I'm not saying they're going to go down. They just need to slow down because we are really crushing people with this nasty inflation that is underway. Very wild. It's interesting that talking about rents not being a priority and that even in Alameda County, we have deals going there. We have some of the best eviction attorneys, but even though the eviction moratoriums have been lifted and all of that statewide, there are specific counties that are just still saying we're not doing evictions right now, that yeah. the courts will not recognize them. And we're like, how does that even make sense? These people are the landlord, you know, a little old lady that this is her retirement income. And she's got somebody in there with all due respect, a deadbeat who's not paying and taking advantage. So yeah. um, it's important to know played. where you're buying and yeah. understand the dynamics of the counties, where you're buying and, and what you're buying and what that environment is in terms of pro landlord tenant or just down the middle. Fair, right? Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. So let's, let's wrap up. Let's talk about, let, let's finish on rents and prices. Yeah, this is important, right? I think there's a, there's a lot of new investors coming to the market, and I think that's great. One rental at a time has taken off. People are doing the work. We just talked about all these deals being done. But I'm also, I'm just, I want you to be realistic. Some people I have seen have started to have unrealistic expectations about the future. And I have seen this movie before. Just because we had 32% 32.5% increase in Austin does not give you permission to assume you're going to have 32.5% appreciation next year. Just because we've seen 19% rent increase in single family homes doesn't give you the right to assume you're going to do that again. It's time to be far more conservative. Renters, homeowners, owner rocks, they can only afford so much. And right now, unfortunately, while wages are going up, inflation is worse. And that means most people are in a worse financial state than before this inflation cycle. So that just mathematically says, be more conservative on your assumptions. Just be more, and this is especially for anybody doing commercial and apartments. I've seen some wild rent increase assumptions year two, year three, year four. I think most people would be wise to assume 0% rent appreciation year two, three, and four, not 3%, not 4%. I think we've seen a lot of catch up. I seen, think we've seen a lot of kind of forward leaning, but we can't keep going at 19%. I know it feels good. I know it makes the cash flow and NOI and all of this look great, but having been a child and still remembers their parents struggling in an inflationary environment to pay what? Because the money's not there. 
uh, it, people are going to make some very hard choices uh, early, early mid next year. This Q4 is going to be a barn burner. It's going to be, we have a $1.2 trillion in cash. Christmas is going to be awesome, but they're going to burn through savings and not have the extra. And next year is going to be rough for lots of people. Very interesting times. Very interesting times. We've talked about it before in the past and maybe something we'll talk about going forward, but the syndicators, right? Mm. These guys look like geniuses because rents have been just climbing and climbing. The market made them. They got lucky. Yeah. And the thing is, is you got to look at, I see a lot of people right now putting money into these LPs, limited partnerships, Mm -hmm. into these investments where they're buying into a project, a syndication of apartment buildings or different types of all different types of asset classes, but not really understanding the fundamentals of what Michael just said. It's really important to understand what the market cycles are before you put your money in, before you uh, commit on an asset. Would you agree, Michael? Oh, yeah. No question. And the last thing I want to say on this, I did a video on it the other day where one of the topics was Bernie Madoff. You don't know who Bernie Madoff is. He's the largest um, Ponzi scheme creator ever, billions of dollars. Here's the deal. I see lots of syndicators acting like Bernie Madoff. And now I'm not calling them Ponzi schemes, but I'm but bear with me for one minute. Bear, Bernie Madoff stole billions of dollars because he sold on reputation. And he sold on exclusivity. You could only get into a Bernie Madoff fund if you were referred by somebody else who was in. That turned out to be a huge mistake because when you got referred in and you thought you were special, you assumed your friend did the work and then you just wanted, you just didn't double check. His books were garbage, but nobody looked. That's what I see too many syndicators doing today. They are selling on past deals and their current deal sucks but they're just telling you about the last one that worked out. That's not the deal you're investing in. That deal's done. The deals going forward really look bad. I see them. I'm an accredited investor. They come to my email. They're just bad with horrible assumptions. So be careful. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're going to talk about all that and more. So again, I just want to pitch one more time, make sure that everybody knows, come join us, be a part of this, come to our free virtual meetup, All you got to do is text 2022 for the year 2022. We're going to talk about where to invest, what not to invest in, how to actually take a look at a deal. We're going to talk about the road ahead. And I got to tell you, we're very lucky to have Michael here. Michael has been nailing it. I met Michael, I feel like two or three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. And I just, the more time I spend with him, the more I can see things down the road and start to see things develop. So I want to encourage you, text 2022 to 949-401-7598. You'll get an invite. You'll get the invite link. And then also too, I want to encourage people out there. If you're getting a lot of great information, enjoying the content, buy the book. Mm. This book is awesome. I took it with me. I just did a little traveling, um, got to dig into it. It's really good. Like people's real stories, how they got started, what they did, what their focus is, lots of different references, Mm -hmm. different backgrounds, Really great book. I would encourage you guys all to buy the book. By the way, on the free virtual meetup, I'm going to give away a handful of those books, Michael and I, um, autographs, signed books. We're going to do some giveaways and stuff. We just kind of, we, we want to have a nice little blowout event for the end of the year, as well as to get really people prepared for next year. New year starts right now. We've yes. got basically about less than two weeks to Thanksgiving. And so next week, we want to make sure that everybody is gearing up 
for this new year. So Michael, thank you for all that you do. Love the book. Mm. Go buy a copy. Give this man a five-star review on Amazon. Any closing words, Michael? Yeah, the other thing was just get people to take some book selfies. Thank you. You did a couple for me in uh, in Cabo. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, book selfies are awesome. They just put a smile on my face. Tag me on Instagram, one rental at a time. Love it. Thank you, Michael, for all that you do. We're looking forward to next week's meetup. Thank me you too. so much. Mm-hmm.